Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That was probably the most interesting story in terms of him, the father, trying to kind of say, hey, kid, this is the best you're going to have. And at least I have this little bit of glory that him I can hold on to. Giving him his ring at the end yeah. and say, like, you won in my eyes. Like, it, it's, it's cheesy stuff, but it really, <laughs> uh, it really gets there. <laughs> I loved also, like, the other people in the town that had the rings as well. Yeah. It's like literally the best thing they'll ever do in their lives can happen between the ages of 15 and 18. Yeah, it's almost and, like a weird village of the damn thing. Yeah. Where every now and then you notice a ring on somebody else yeah. and it's like, it's like oh, the, you're all still here. But the sheriff had it kind of flashed up and the coach looked at it. And it's like, just looking at this big, ugly looking mix. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody, and welcome to this episode of Flexwater Podcast. Today we are joined by Amelie. Hello. Matthew. Hello. I don't know why I call you Matthew. And Helen. Hello. So formal. And we are going to be talking about Friday Night Lights, the movie, not the TV show. Welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us today, we have Matt and Emily. If you would like to say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hello. Uh, I co-host a podcast called Spotlight with two friends, Liam and Paul. It's a Star Trek podcast. We know there's many of them out there. Uh, and our whole idea with it was to tackle it from a newcomer's point of view. So from a very much a non-Trekkie perspective, Paul's very knowledgeable about the films and a lot of the series, but me... I had only seen the JJ films and Rafa Khan, basically. So it was a fresh, fresh franchise. To so you hadn't even watched any of The Next Generation? No, no, nothing at all. And that comes up quite a lot of how just it was always there in, yeah. our, in our world, like on Channel 4 and on, on BBC2, whatever it was, and it, but never, never seen any of it. And so it was a big, big franchise to, to dive into in a kind of book club format where you can, it's, it's safe for you to come in and follow along and watch along if you are also new. And then funnily enough, when we started, all this new Star Trek content has started to appear. So it's a really exciting time. Emily, who are you? <laughs> so I am a quarter of Theatre Attractions pod, podcast. So we review everything we love and hate about erotic thrillers, especially the 90s. So we, we've, yeah, we've dug quite in deep, in depth uh, into the 90s films. And we are reviewing as well the noughties, the 80s. 
And um, yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've reached the fiftieth episode now. Yeah. So I never suspected that there were as many erotic thrillers around, but yeah, it's quite do you, exciting. Do you know why it kind of died down after the 90s? Um, it didn't die down after the 90s. There were still, you know, in the noughties, you had a few, but I guess uh, maybe I think it's um, the arrival of porn, you know. Uh, very, no, but, you know, very easy, uh, easily accessible on um, on the internet. Sure. So, because before people uh, people were just looking for it for something titillating, you mm -hmm. know, you would watch that at mm -hmm. night you know, on TV, but afterwards people could just access anything, any content and any video, and then so for them it's it's not that uh, thrilling anymore, you know, so they try to bring it back sometimes from time to time, but yeah. I'm not sure it's working. I think Fifty Shades of Grey is one of example but yeah so i notice your your accent is french it is french indeed yes uh, but uh, i mean traditionally french films are a bit more liberal uh, yes, than, exactly. than the ones uh in anglophone languages yeah did, did the erotic thriller kind of hit this in the same way in france as they did in in the uk and the states yeah, it, it was very successful okay and i guess that's because as you said we're a bit more liberal sure. so my parents were not as restrictive in, in what i could watch so i would watch <laughs> you know when i was 12 or 14 i would watch basic instinct with them uh and i was not embarrassed or anything <laughs> nowadays i guess like when i go back home and then watch films you know where there are some uh, really sexy in the afternoon over there, like, yeah hey. no, but you know when there was really sexy scenes and because i've been i've been living in the uk for 12 years and all my friends were like what you watched kind of films with your parents are you not embarrassed so now I'm a bit more like ooh this is a bit awkward but yeah before then there was not a you know and I remember watching with my parents um, the, the hen that rocked the cradle for example yeah. and being so scared afterwards that we were like looking across the window thinking oh god is there like a creepy woman around or something but yeah we just loved those films and they were very popular in France nice so we're here today to talk about Friday Night Lights which mm -hmm. is your choice Matt yes so can you tell us First of all, why you chose it. And secondly, the synopsis in one minute or less. Yeah, well, I'm, I've been a big fan of this film since I first saw it. I don't think I saw it on its original cinema release. It must have been a DVD. Um, but I'm a big fan of kind of sports movies that I know very little about with the sports. And in this case, this is a, a drama first and foremost and a football film second. But I feel like if you're a big fan of American football, you are still going to get your fix. Mm. There's a lot of high-intensity action of the game in here as well. Uh, but films like, you know, the original Rocky and The Wrestler especially are kind of very human dramas set around a sport, often charting like a, a, an arc and an evolution of its main character and how the sport has defined them and how they are they are moving forward with their lives through it. And this film is very much focused on a sort of small town mentality and it, and it highlights the kind of stra almost strange subculture that we maybe don't see here in the UK of just how big these college, well, high school yeah, football yeah. games are to these people in these towns. Um, and I just love the whole shooting style, the ensemble performances, the way it's edited, the score by Explosions in the Sky, a really great kind of prog rock band, uh, and the fact that it inspired and spun off into the TV series of the same name, which is also really excellent. So the synopsis. Uh, synopsis, so it's a sports drama based on this book called Friday Night Lights, a town, a team and a dream about the 1988 Permian High School Panthers football team and sort of the personal demons affecting a handful of players as they battle to reach the state championships under the guidance of coach Gary Gaines, Mr. Billy Bob Thornton himself. Nice. So, Helen, um, tell us your thoughts. 
Um, so I had not seen this. Um, I think I was kind of vaguely aware of it because it was um, one of the ones that Billy Bob Thornton did before he kind of went a bit crazy. Right. Um, and <laughs> kind of doesn't really make films anymore. Um, I think what you've already said, I think the the key about this film is perhaps if you have kind of an interest in American football, um, which I don't particularly myself. Um, but I am, I'm not not a fan of sports films um mention the wrestler i'm a big fan of that and films like the fighter as well um there was i i I really like the way this was filmed and the soundtrack really added quite a lot to it but i i think i was kind of expecting more of a sort of story with it being kind of based on a true story because it's sort of a story of a team that could have been great Mm. but they kind of weren't but then after that they were really great isn't that a story in itself though um I don't know. I don't think any of the individual characters really were fleshed out that well, which now knowing there's a TV series about it would kind of make sense that Mm. they've got more scope to kind of build them up. And that in trying to sort of try and tell the story of all of these characters in the one film, they kind of didn't really tell anyone particularly well. Well, Emily's nodding along with you. What are your thoughts, Emily? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that my, my issue is that um, is American football, yeah. I'm already not interested in it. I don't really get it. And uh, it's something, you know, they stop and start and stop and start. And, and I've never really enjoyed the, the films about them. So I think I had seen uh, Any Given Sunday. Mm-hmm. But because I do love Oliver Stone, I, I love his style. So I think it's a bit more gripping. Uh, I did enjoy the kind of, documentary and grainy aesthetics of the film and the score but I thought that as you said they're not really fleshed out and they're a bit ordinary and it's it's kind of a a story I've seen so many times as well with the dads being so like on their backs Mm. all the time and being abusive and abusive and I just didn't think it was that original and it didn't grab me at all and then when I watched the sports, there were there are so many lengthy passages of of you know the matches in themselves, and I couldn't get into into it. But what I liked, can we talk about the end or not? You can talk about the end. You can spoil uh, away. Okay, so I thought I was going okay, and then at the end they're going to win the match, and it's going to be oh amazing. And actually, I liked that they lost <laughs> the match yeah. because it was a bit like oh okay, well that's not the type yeah, of story yeah. that I was expecting, and it was a bit. Yeah, uh, demoralizing to see that they ended up being just very ordinary people and normal jobs. And I think there's only one that carried on going to college and having a... Yeah, pretty much. It's interesting... Well, carried on playing sports through college. Yeah, exactly. A few of them went to yeah. college, but were just like yeah, smart yeah, enough yeah. to... to, to, get, to yeah. get a bursary for, uh, yeah, so for, yeah. for sports. It's interesting stuff. you say. I'd love to hear about the story of how the book came about because it, because it, on paper it is a very ordinary kind of school year, like mm. the people involved. And I kind of like how they lean into that and how... You have the classic thing of at the end of the film, it comes up with the subtitles of what they went on to do. And it's yes. just very normal stuff. And it's like, yeah, this was just a very uh, like heightened time in their lives. And I think I think for me, it's the it's the look at kind of small town pressure. And it's this kind of cyclical nature of all the oppressive adults there. Either it's the ones who are on the coach's back about, you know, you got to win. It's all very passive aggressive, like we're in your corner, but if you lose, you're out. Were they, were they even passive aggressive? Some of those guys were straight <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. It's like, he's got to go. Yeah. yeah. Just sticking signs on their lawn. Yeah. And all the. Yeah, I thought, so that sign thing, sorry, that was like a proper, like, get out get of here. Get out of town. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Like, you can tell they take it really seriously. And I think that's the problem where you have all these people who are a lot of the characters' dads and things, like um, uh, 
Go yeah, Lucas, no. Lucas, yeah. Uh, Lucas, uh, the the actor is yeah, that yeah, right? Yeah. The one that is on the 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 hood of the bonnet of the car yeah. and is yeah, alcoholic. Yeah. It's like, and you know, he's someone who, who who has won it before, and I think it, it it shines a light on this kind of small town pressure of people who were once the hot shit in town who couldn't escape where they are and they're still there and they're living vicariously through their kids and really putting the pressure on and in my head this was very much a film that was about about the people i've forgotten how much actual football there was so sorry for chucking (laughs) on the very football but i think like you say about having to get through kind of like a season in a movie and not a show so kind of a school year season of football i think the editing of this film is really well done for kind of getting through the games and just the way it the games themselves are shot and put together are really really dynamic and it's yeah where the focus is is really cool and i think it does pull out it knows which characters to focus on which ones to pull out and i think just seeing their bond as it goes along and you realize like a lot of them know to begin with like this isn't for them it's going to be for them moving forward and things and then and then just just booby miles man he just breaks my heart And, and that scene when you know he's in the car with his uncle and he realizes you know he's been holding in front of his teammates but he realizes he can't do anything else and his dreams been taken away and and just the the deni- the amount of denial he's in. Like I was watching like with my housemate and she was going like, why doesn't her un- his uncle just step in and get the MRI done MRI done sooner? And it's like just this folly of folly of blind confidence and, and not wanting to accept the fact that maybe you've screwed yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to have to re- redo the same business. <laughs> um so I mean I I really like this film. I don't know why I hadn't seen it and I wasn't I knew about the T V show um after it finished. But it's one of those things where a TV show has got so many episodes behind it and not being particularly interested in the subject matter. Um, I just thought I wasn't going to even start looking into it. I I think if I was to play a sport in America, if I had played the sport in America at school, it would have been would have been American football. This is what I understand the most with, with baseball being the least one, yeah, what I understand I the least. No but I'd still... I, very, I don't that classification of sports films. I find it hard because there always is a character piece behind it. I've never seen a film which is just like sports, 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 sports. That is so like alienating. And in this, I really found like Boo Miles story the heartbreaking. Although you just like, dude, it's why, his, own why fault, put him, yeah. his ego. Well, the, well, it's his ego. It's the coach. You had the storyline of I don't know if it's Perryman. No, Perryman's the name of the team, isn't it? The the father who's abusive. But ultimately, just wanting his kids kind of at least experience the same kind of joy that he had, yeah. um, even though he knows it's fleeting. Mm-hmm. Then you got the kid who's got kind of you don't get the story too much mm. about his mother who's um, ill, and that's why he's kind of holding back. And then you had the kind of the younger guys who were given the chance to shine. Uh, so I thought there's there's kind of aspects, and also just like you say, the, I don't think it's something we can understand in the UK about how big these college and high school sports are to them, and some of these some of these college and high school teams earn so much money, like more than like sub-level premiership football teams, yeah. more than rugby teams, premiership rugby teams do here. It's crazy that they had 28,000 people. Yeah, so mm. weird. My biggest rugby team close to me is Sale Sharks. And they're lucky if they get 10,000 people <laughs> and they have people that go to England and play for England. Yeah, and it's, 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 that, it's literally that insane that how big a scale it is. So was, I liked to get, I was I quite enjoyed getting inside of that thing. Yeah. I wonder if it's a case of people are excited to see who could be the next big yeah, thing. Because I absolutely. guess it's very much a scouting thing for high school teams and mm. getting on the ground level and just the, the, the grassroots pride in where you're from. When it's in a state like Texas, I imagine there's so many teams or so many leagues. Like, Well, that, that Booby Myers story is quite sad but also ordinary at the same time you, you kind of still set up with the fact he had like 10 
college um, sponsorship offers. And you knew from that point, it's like, that's not going to go well for him. Yeah, but um, you see so many stories like that. Yeah. Over. You know, um, I loved actually, um, I'm not normally really into sports films or many, but like Tony, Tony Harding, you know, I tell yeah, when she she realizes that she completely screwed her career as of for what she's done to what's the other the other Nancy, skater Nancy Kerrigan Nancy Kerrigan mm-hmm. yeah yeah and um, and when she goes you know to the trial and uh, she finds out that she won you know she's banned from skating yeah and she's like but I, I can't do anything else I, I can't you know and that kind of story where they just can't carry on and they have nothing else to do and mm. it's like. I've seen it already. <laughs> For me, it was not mm. that original, but mm. I can understand that you're really into it. You yeah, kind it's of... interesting. Like this really does lean into a lot of the the sports movie cliches, which I kind of appreciate. It's like if you want that, it's here. But also, I think what the docu style gives you, and especially the score, it's like real kind of just like a just a I don't know. It's it's like a, just a place in time. Because um, it is an 80s set movie made in 2004, mm. and it does feel period in many ways. Like there's a lot of mullets going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels <laughs> but that's like, just isn't that just the South? Just, that yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> but I think yeah. in like picking out that small town Southern American way of life, like the way you know the montages of of everyone sticking up signs saying they're closed to see the game. You really feel like the whole town. It's a weird place where uh, it's Odessa, I believe, and it feels like it's totally desolate, but also. Everyone just everyone there will come to the game, and you can you can understand why they have such a a, a love for their team because yeah a lot there's of nothing probably, else out there yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, nothing yeah else. there's nothing else yeah. <laughs> but also do you find that it's a bit sad that um, the female characters don't are, do much yeah there's there's not much yeah. at all for even them Con- even Connie Britton. Yeah, even cheerleading, cheerleading, cheerleading. That's yeah. it. No, but otherwise, you know, it doesn't focus at all on women. I was, look, I was looking at, I was thinking of the ratio. I was like, oh, it's not passing the test. You know, the Vichelte. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's really focused on yeah. on men. And I would have liked if there was a, you know, even Connie Britton, if she was a stronger character. Yeah, yeah. For, um, for there's one of the kids whose main story was much more connected with somebody yeah, yeah. Have you, so has no one seen the tv series no. not at all so the series is genuinely amazing like I, I maybe like the series more than the film so the series is set in present day it starts 2006 i think the show started so but there's a lot of comparable sort of characters so like the booby miles type characters this guy jason street who in the pilot episode gets paralyzed mm-hmm. and his journey throughout the show is kind of what does he do now that he can't even walk you know and there's there's another character saracen who has like the sick relative and Tim Riggins, which was Taylor Kitsch in his kind of breakout role. He's kind of the guy here who has the abusive dad. And so there's a few kind of comparables, but it definitely expands the cast. There are a lot more female characters, thankfully. And over the course of its five seasons long, um, you've got Kyle Chandler as the the coach here. And he's yeah. just so great. And Connie, yeah. Connie Britton returns as coach's wife. <laughs> she, gets, <laughs> she gets a much bigger character here. And, and given the time it has to expand, it feels a lot more... Uh, well-rounded like the first season is kind of what the film does like a, a season leading up to state and then there's various other seasons different teams as it goes on but it's a it's a really really great show and it carries over a few of the explosions in the sky score and songs as well but i mean the the tv show compared to this would you recommend people just go straight to the TV show or would you rec- would you say, what's the film? And then if you like that, then there's more. I mean, I'd say you don't need to see the film at all because the film is telling a true story yeah. of a time and, and the, the series is completely fictional. It's You can go straight to the series and I'd almost recommend it and see. And if you like the series, go back to the film. So I think if you see the film and you don't like the film, you may not go to the series. You may not you may it's not true. be like that. And, you know, Liam, co-host of the, of the show of Spotlight, he his, his other half, 
was just completely against watching the show for many of these reasons. Like she had no interest in the sports or yeah. anything. And then he finally, finally got the watch and then she was hooked. And I was like, good, getting through the whole thing. <laughs> and it is that kind of show. It's the last kind of, for me, great sort of network show. You know, we're talking like 22 episode seasons. I think it drops to about 13 episodes. That just kind of breaks my heart. No, but just makes, yeah. gives me a heavy heart. Just think, oh, five episodes, five seasons, 22. I'm just like 100 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't have the time. Well, yeah. yeah, no. Well, the, the season two was the series that happened during the writer's strike in right. 2007 and eight. So that's a bridge. And what they actually did, so season two of the show kind of does some really weird storyline choices. But then the writer's strike happened. When it came back for series three, rather than pick up, they just acted as if the remaining episodes of season two that don't exist had happened and it carries on from a certain okay. point onwards and yeah. it resets itself really well. And then seasons four and five are on a different network and they're only 13 episodes each, I think. But the whole thing is, is great. But the the film's definitely, you know, definitely sets a precedent for it because Peter Berg, director, he he's involved in both as well. Well, Peter Berg, um, this is before he started working with Mark Wahlberg. Yes. <laughs> Almost <laughs> yeah. like exclusively. I think, he'd only, done, Mark, I think it, he'd only done very bad things and, and one other thing before this. I was going to say after Last Seduction. I always think of him as, a, you know, the full guy in Last Seduction. <laughs> <laughs> is he acting in that? Yeah. Oh. He's, the, he's the, the guy, you know, that she tries to enroll... So last seduction with Linda Fiorentino. Yes. Oh, okay. Exactly. Is he the guy that's the... Yeah, the the full guy. You oh, know right. that, yeah. So. Well, we have a connection. There you yeah. go. I, I never knew that. Exactly. Uh, but sports films, okay, Helen, sports films. <laughs> how do they generally feature for you? And are there films where you generally hate the sport but you like the film? So definitely for that one. So um I hate boxing, but Raging Bull yeah. is, is one of my favourites and has been for a while. Um I mean I do I do like sports films. Um obviously Cool Runnings is up there mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. being awesome. And we've mentioned the fighter and the wrestler. And I did really enjoy I Tonya as well. That was um um a good one. But American football, I have seen any given Sunday, but I really can't remember that much about it. Um I don't it doesn't really do much for me. Um have I you mean, seen Fasty Jer- Blues? No. I mean, I've seen Jerry Maguire, yeah. but there's not really much sport no, in that. No, that's definitely... I wouldn't class that really as a sports yeah. film at all. But there is sport in it. Because um, I think um, the, the sports films tend to be... The sport in these films tends to be a foil for the character yeah. pieces. So I wouldn't... I, I would try... For me, I think I would try and separate the sport, whether I know much about it or not, from the actual... The rest of the film. It's almost like the super MacGuffin mm. of the film, isn't it? But also, I think you do need to have kind of... Because when you, you talked about the ending then they don't win at the end mm. because i know so little about the sport i couldn't actually work out until obviously the other team came on cheering that they <laughs> lost so i was like sitting there going what well, did they win or did they win? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh they lost okay but I, I didn't really get how and why or how they'd gone from being so far behind to being that close in front and then we had moneyball on recently yeah. which Again, is is not really about baseball at all, but also not really understanding how that scored and how things like that. It it kind of makes it harder for you to follow the film and get along with it because you're like having to go. Well, I don't really. Are they winning? Are they? Am I cheering? Are yeah. they winning? <laughs> oh, they're not winning. But I thought they were winning a minute ago. I think yeah, the baseball is the hardest to follow for me because it's not just simply like the person with the highest score is like, there's the innings thing like with cricket. It's hit well and run, or, run yeah. around. Yeah. Mm. So you're not sure like, okay, is that a good thing that they're on first base or is it, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Um, the kind of tactical moves they do. I'm like, what, why? Why is that, why is that possible? <laughs> like at least with like, rubbing their noses and things. And with, yeah. ice, with ice hockey, basketball and American football is like, just generally whoever's got the highest points at the point yeah. is winning. 
but then they got the things like the downs and uh, the periods and then yeah, yeah. The, the periods in like ice hockey and uh, the quarters in uh, that all makes it confusing. They got the timeout and it's like, why is that important? It's like, <laughs> ultimately it kind of does matter, but it doesn't. And I think my favorite sports film, quote unquote, is probably um, A League of Their Own. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my favourite. Sorry? Yeah, that's baseball. baseball. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, but yeah. I, I know nothing about baseball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I know that someone throws it, someone hits it, there's some catching. But that's literally like, there's a foil. It's always female baseball, great. World War setting, great. But it's Amazing so past. not about the baseball. Actually, it's about Gina, um, Gina yeah. Davis and her, Petty. and her Madonna. sister. Yeah, but I was going to say yeah. Madonna's Tom, in it, Tom right? Hanks, it's all about that. Rosie O'Donnell. That, all that yeah, kind of action with, a, with all that kind, kind of character action, isn't it? Rather than just the sport in itself. But yeah, so I'm saying write, don't write off sports films yeah, because um, they're sports films. I was going to say something about the, the the true story element. I think because this TV series, sorry, the film is a true story and the mm. TV series is not. The actual true story is, I think with the book, it was more about kind of the fans because the book wasn't received that well. And then they kind of had to jazz it up a little bit. So the whole thing with Booby Miles, Booby Miles? Yeah. Mm. Booby, what a name. Um <laughs> He didn't actually have the accident on the game. He actually had the accident in a training session. He just kind of yeah. like tripped on some okay. training thing. So the fact that they've kind of had to bring in slightly more cinematic elements into the story is kind of probably why it, it jars a little bit with they're trying to sort of sell it as a little bit more fantastical than it actually was. And that's where it kind of doesn't doesn't really fit properly for me. But isn't that true for every based on a true story. Yeah, you, true. you referenced Cool Runnings before and that's completely, oh, yeah. that, that, the ending, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's the ending lots of stuff like, like them getting to Jamaica is completely kind yeah. of propagated. So I kind of see that, but it's, yeah, you have to, I think to make stuff more interesting for mm. the screen, you have to yeah. do the jazz up. Yeah. But then, it, then it, it kind of, I don't know, with Cool Runnings, obviously there's so many things about that that <laughs> did not happen that way. Yeah. Um, but the, the kind of the story there is is the message about it, isn't it? Whereas with this, the kind of like altering sort of the little things then makes you question what else is, is real. And then it becomes less like, well, are we kind of watching a based on true events film or are we just kind of mm. watching now a film? Well, what do you think about the talked about it being a character study was it you sorry was it you or matt that said it, the the book being based about the characters about sorry about the fans more than the, the yeah, yeah so it, it was more about kind of their obsession and i don't think they were particularly keen on how they were portrayed in the book <laughs> oh in the book yeah oh, okay. but, so in the film they were much they were happy happier about it, it yeah but in the book i think it <laughs> it probably showed a lot more of this because we kind of see them sort of speaking to the players and asking for their photo to be taken. But probably what they got a lot more was, you know, being out on the streets and being accosted with like, why didn't you do well in the game? Yeah. And, and how come you're still playing? And, you know, you're, you're letting us down. So I imagine that there was a lot more of that kind of behaviour that was reported in the book and probably going on. Cause it, is, it is just so, because I played rugby all the way through school and then stopped at university when I realised they were not bad. Um, but I, so we would have maybe 20 people watching at the sidelines. A few of our friends' parents would come week in, week out and watch the game. And they would maybe tell us off for like dropping a piss, but a pass or something like that, or yeah, dropping a ball. But I would never feel like I'd be walking down the street and someone would stop me and say, dude, what's what's going on with this season? 
you you guys should be like winning. I would never have felt that that fear or concern. But these guys, the high school the kids, ball to your hands, yeah, like, drop the ball now. <laughs> yeah, that was that was dark. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's really dark with the dad, yeah. yeah. So it, I, I just find it a whole different. That's what I think. My favorite part of this was kind of leaning into the pressure that these guys are feeling from a community that always feels that they've got nothing, mm. literally nothing else to live for. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like yeah. These teams they pride and so joy, sad. but they're yeah. not, you know, they're not messing about when it comes time to tell them how, 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 how they think. You yeah. Know? These are 16, 17 year old kids. Yeah. It, it could have, it could have gone a little bit deeper in that and had it maybe taken that sort of perspective, it might've been slightly more interesting. So it, it kind of touches on all of the things. So it touches on kind of like the individual struggles, it touches on kind of the team and leadership mm. coaching, a little bit on the, the you know, the, the fanaticism, but it doesn't quite do all of them justice. So how would you have made it more appealing to yourself? Uh, I don't know. It sounds like maybe strip back one or two of the characters. Possibly, yeah, because it it felt like um, there was really only kind of three main ones, possibly. Well, yeah. But even Booby, that... Booby was a big character, but he yeah. didn't actually do that much ultimately. in the. He kind of, once he has his injury, he kind of like slips off a little bit yeah. and he's sort of in the background. And then we have um, the guy with the mother and then... That's Gary Hedlund, no? Yes. And yeah. yeah, young Gary Hedlund. <laughs> um... And the guy with the dad. Yeah. yeah. And also he had the, he had, um, yeah. he had the guy that replaced Booby, who was like rubbish at the start and was like off and on. And then he had yeah, Preacher. Then, but the thing is, was, I don't know what, I don't really know what Preacher's role was in, in the story. So Apart they from had he him that, and he basically was he was got. the runner. So why didn't they keep throwing it to him and making him run? I didn't get still, why. Because he's still, A, not that good. Okay. Um, not nowhere near as good as Booby. Okay. So uh, what like, about the guy that ended up in uh, college? That's Chris Cooper or no, what's his name? Yeah, oh, uh, Kramer, yeah, that was the kid who was rubbish and was forgetting his helmet. No, no, no. You mean the, the uh, tall guy? The no, no, there's one. a black guy that uh, that was always on the side as well and then he became really good and he ended up yeah, in college. Yeah, he's the one who it says at the end, he led them to victory the next yeah. season. Yeah. But yeah. he wasn't the one who forgot his helmet. No, he was no, he, yeah, no, yeah. So, yeah, so the one that the forgot his helmet, helmet was uh, a junior, so he had yeah. another year of college. The one you're thinking about, um, the taller who, guy. The taller guy. He didn't preacher. Preacher. They called him. I did him. preacher. Yeah. 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 But, but he he didn't actually do that much on the pitch. Um, he had a bit in the yeah, last. Yeah, I didn't know what his game. role yeah. on the team was. And then, then I don't know any roles on teams apart from quarterback and, and I don't know. And then he had and then the guy had, who throws the guy who runs. Yeah, and he had Cruz, who was the intelligent guy who didn't need to play football to go to Harvard. Mm. Um, so he the, that guy Cruz was the one. He was the shortest yeah. of them all but seems to be the biggest hitter. So he's the one that can like knock everyone down, which is dumb. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know about Preach. I don't know what his role was in the film and in the in the actual game. So that I think he's probably someone who could have been like yeah. removed Completely. from the from the story to make I think it. He's a kind of representing because I think that they, they talk about him being religious, don't they? I think so. I think he's kind of like just the stoic, quiet type who then by the end is the one giving this massive speech. Like he's into it more than anyone. Like or maybe not into the game, but he can see that he's on the cusp of rousing, you know, his 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 teammates who he does actually care about a lot. Even though you wouldn't have known up until then because he's that kind of background guy. Mm. Should we head to the scores, guys? Let's head over to the scores. Hello, I'm Sam Pei. And I'm Martin Zotzorstwick. And together we host a show called Song, song by song, song, where we deal with the music of Tom Waits. We've been going since uh, 2015. Every week we talk about a new track. Uh, we've made our way through 15 seasons so far of his music. And now we're going back to the early years. 
And if you haven't listened to Tom Waits before, it's not the growly stuff. It's not the stuff where he's hitting an automobile with a bone for percussion. <laughs> it's a nice, easy way into his music. If that sounds like something you would be interested in, you should check out our website, songbysongpodcast.com, or put Song by Song into your podcatcher of choice. Welcome to the FlixWatcher spreadsheet of dreams. All of our <laughs> scores are out of five. You may have decimal places and we will start um, as we always do with the recommendability. Uh, so Matt, your recommendability please out of five. And this is decimal points. Yes. You can have them if you wish. I'm gonna say it's like a four for me. So I go 4.1. So it's sure. slightly higher because I think, I think you can take a lot from this. It all depends on your not 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 love of sports or even American football like because for me like I was never into it at all and it still got to me so I think for I think it might be 50 50 on whether it's going to connect with you or not I think there's enough in there that it can speak to a lot of people so I think it's highly recommended but I totally understand if it doesn't land with everyone Amelie well, so I didn't think of decimals. I was just thinking of, you know, stars or something. You can, you so can add, or, add or remove as you feel now. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, in terms of recommendability, it just depends. If if I talk to someone that is a, a, a fan of sports and especially of American football, yeah. I would say maybe three, but otherwise I would give it two, two out of five. I would just recommend it to people that are interested in that kind of sports because I don't even think that's, even as a, you know, American football film is the best or even just let alone that it's, uh, you know, about American football. It would be about baseball or about anything. As you said, I don't think that the characters are fleshed out enough and the drama is original enough for me mm. to say, yeah, actually check this this film out. But I do think that the series would be more interesting because I think it, it digs more in depth into the, 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 you know, the psyche of all the different characters. So I would say two out of two? five. Helen. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to just a little bit higher. So I'm going to go for three. Um, there are going to be some people like you, Matt, who really, really dig this film. And um, wherever they are, you're out there. Um, but I think it would be hard for me to kind of sell this particularly well to anyone. Um, it's definite for kind of sports fans. And I guess if you've ever watched the series and you've never seen the film, then it would kind of serve as a nice companion piece. I mean, it's not it's not terrible. I didn't. You know, it wasn't a, a horrible time that I had watching this. So um, um, it just didn't really kind of flesh out that well. So three. Um, yeah, I don't know why I hadn't watched it before. I think the, as much as I don't, wouldn't not watch a film for a sports film, it's, it, it, there is, I think there is a roadblock there to kind of say, oh, it's a sports film. Um, but I did think there was more to it than that. And I feel, I do feel that some of the characters could have been given more weight and as we've just gone through the kind of list of people there, it was hard to know who was on, for you guys certainly, who was on the pitch and what they were doing versus who they were off pitch and then who they were friends with. Yeah. Even that kind of storyline with the mother, I thought that was, that was kind of played short, short strip. And I had it? forgotten about it. So the, the main kind of storyline of interest that followed all the way through was the guy with the abusive father. And that was probably the most interesting story in terms yeah. of him, the father, trying to kind of say, hey kid, this is the best you're going to have and this is what I want for you. So we, at least I have this like, at least I have this little bit of glory and that I can hold on to. And him giving him his ring at the end yeah. and say, like, you won in my eyes. Like, it, it's, it's cheesy stuff, but it really, <laughs> yeah, it really gets me. <laughs> I loved also, like, the little touches of the, you see all the other ones with the, the other people in this in the town that had the rings as well. Yeah. It's like literally the best thing they'll ever do in their lives can happen between the ages of 
15 and 18. Yeah, it's almost and, like a weird village of the damn thing. Yeah. Every now and then you notice a ring on somebody else yeah. and it's like, it's like oh, the, you're all still here. But the sheriff had it, the sheriff, well, uh, a police officer, an, of, yeah. an officer had it as he was driving. You just saw it, he kind of flashed up and the coach looked at it. It's like, okay, you're one uh, of these guys. That's what they were looking at. Yeah, they're just looking at the, uh. this, this big, ugly looking mix. <laughs> 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 um, and if you're going to watch, if you're going to watch, as it's going to, as we're recording, it comes out tomorrow. Uh, uncut gems these these kind of rings play a big part of that so look out for look yeah. out for these kind of things um so i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a four um because i think it's better than i thought it's gonna be and the fact that i it took me a while to watch it myself is indicative indicative of the fact that other people would be reluctant to watch it because i still haven't seen um any given sunday okay. and i i'm like yeah i know as soon as i put that on i'll enjoy it but it's still like oh do i want to watch that <laughs> maybe not but if someone comes on Flixwatcher and chooses any given Sunday, I'll happily watch it. But I just don't feel... <laughs> it's not on there yet. But Have you checked? Maybe um, it's not. It's not on there. How do you know? Because it, it, it would definitely come up as a record. It would now push yeah. this into my face. <laughs> so but maybe you should like use use their selection box, their oh, selection yeah. box and put yeah. it in. Netflix I'll tell you what box. is on there that I have, I watched after this, this week actually, sort of in prep for this, is Rudy, the 1993 film with Sean Astin. Which is another kind of true story. And this does lean into a lot of the cheesy, feel-good tropes. Uh, But it's about this guy who, in the late 60s, all he ever wanted to do was be part of this college football team uh, at Notre Dame College in... And that's uh, a big sports college. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but he's kind of, he wasn't that smart and stuff. So, but he he decides to just go and he goes to the town where where it's at and he gets kind of... He gets into the the nearby sort of community college and the, the father there is saying, if you get your grades up, you might be able to get into the uni. And he gets a little job working like maintenance in the, the stadium. And he just has this huge love and respect for the game and for the team. And he finally kind of, you know, worms his way into the uni and worms his way onto the team. And he's very much just a bench guy. He's like a small guy. He's not mm. even very good. But it's kind of this whole story of like, you know, if, if everyone has the spirit of Rudy, then uh, we'll, we'll win kind of thing. And and it's him just trying to just trying to play one game to please his dad. And it's it's quite touching, but it was very Hallmark movie for me. But that's on Netflix. <laughs> oh, OK, so now we go to repeat viewing score. Matthew, I don't know why I keep it going Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Um, how many times have you watched this? Uh, I think this is three or four. Okay. So it would have been when I first saw it, which was a while ago. It wasn't when it came out, but not long after. And then I would have seen it a couple of times around the time I was watching the show. The show. And then it's been a few years now uh, before this one. But for me, I can put this on any time just because I really just love the kind of the vibe and the tone of the whole thing. Mm. You know, very much coupled with the score and the, the shooting style and the characters. For me, it's, it's a very... It's a very like sort of homely film for me. So for me, I, I'd watch it any day of the week. So for me, I'd say four point five to counteract what's probably coming. coming. <laughs> Defensive scoring. Yeah. Not seen this for a while. Okay, Amelie. Well, it's not as if you know. <laughs> I, it's not as if I was uh, the main character in the Clockwork Orange, and I was forced. You know, it was not torture, mm. uh, but I wouldn't watch it again. You know, I've seen it once. It's fine. I was so. Not yeah. taking anything else from it. No. Okay. So I would say one. Helen. Yeah, the same. Um, I'm not going to watch it again, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad I've watched it. So, we, you know, we've had films on here before that I've been like, you know, I really didn't enjoy that. <laughs> and, you know, two hours I won't get back. But, I, you know, this was worth watching, but I'm not going to watch it again. So one. Uh, I'm going to go for two. I'd watch it further down the line. And if something like Any Given Sunday does come on Netflix, 
then I might say, and I had the, sp- the time afterwards, I might put this on. But also I want to look at other, I want to compare this to other um, American football-specific films. Um, I remember one called Necessary Roughness, which mm. had uh, Scott Bakula. Oh, wow. At the peak of his Quantum Leap fame. So I remember going <laughs> to see that. Captain. Yeah, I went to see that when that came out in the cinema because I was just like, oh, Quantum Leap was like the best TV show in the world at the time. Um, Varsity Blues. Remember uh, the Titans? Is it? No, uh, I don't remember. I've not seen that. There's, there's <laughs> no, one. I don't remember the Titans. I've not seen Remember the Titans. Uh, any given Sunday, Varsity Blues. Uh, what about <laughs> so what is it called? Yeah. Coach Carter? Is it Coach is, Carter? I haven't seen. Is it? Like, is it? Uh, but American is that Football Lights well. and Rudy. Okay, the only two Space Jam. That's basketball. That's, that's basketball. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, but I can't remember if it's baseball or American football. But yeah, the, the coach oh, Carter, yeah. remember yeah. the Titans. Yeah. yeah. You know, so all of those. Yeah, I've seen a lot actually, but yeah. I don't really enjoy them. Yeah. Have you seen football. Moneyball? No, because that's the same. I, I'm not really interested in baseball. So <laughs> no, no, no. Do you like Do you like Aaron Sorkin films? Uh, I do. I do like the Social Network and um, yeah. Jobs. So, for example, so, so so think of it as a Steve Jobs, maybe as a think Aaron of that, Sorkin yeah. films rather than. But I do. Lo- I do. You know, I'm not a big fan of boxing, but I do really enjoy boxing films. So, Southpaw, I've really loved. Mm-hmm. I love uh, Girl Fight with Michelle mm-hmm. Rodriguez. Million Dollar Baby. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it suffered a bit that I had seen Maradentro before, which is the scene side with uh, Javier Bardem, and okay. he has kind of the same the same fate in uh, in the film so I saw that one first is that and a boxing film with him no it's a it's a true story right. and it was a guy that dived into the sea but the, the water was very shallow oh, and he yeah, got par- par- paraplegic yeah. or I don't know if you see it but he he wants to have you know, well hey uh, let's not spoil other films yeah sorry sorry <laughs> so yeah um, so I mean I, it's, a, it's a true story so but yeah so but it kind of has the same kind of fate and I preferred that one so two million dollar baby but I think it's hmm. it's a fantastic performance by Larry Funk as well so I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to go for two. I'd watch it again. I would watch it again, um, but not sure when. And I'd watch it happily, but just don't think I'd watch it often. Small screen score. Matt, have, yeah. you, see, have you seen this on a big screen? No. I mean, I'd really love to actually, if, if somewhere was to put it on, it'd be really interesting. So yeah, I have only ever seen this on the small screen and I think it is suited to it. Thanks to, you know, the, the rough and ready docu style. Mm. Um, it can feel depending on on how you see it as, as as like a documentary or as like the office there's a lot of kind of crash zooms and very very quick editing in there so i think it, i think it is suited to it but there's some beautiful cinematography anyway from like the, a lot of the still shots of texas itself and of the stadium and the lights and you know it's those kind of parts that really uh, amp up the feel of of the texture of the whole film so i think it is a good mix of really uh cinematic and small screen vibes so yeah i'll say I'll say four, straight four. Yeah, I would give four as well because I don't think it suffers from being, you know, it does transfer very well on the small screen. Yeah. I did like, you know, as I said, the documentary feel of it. Um, And yeah, I don't think it's the type of film like 1917 or Dunkirk or that you need to see on the big screen. Dunkirk's now on on Netflix. Yes, it is on Netflix. I'm not going to watch that. Yeah, no need to watch it on the small screen. Yeah. Uh, Unless someone chooses it for Flix Watcher. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Helen. So... I've just come to this conclusion having um, thought about the sports films that I have enjoyed. And I think 100% you have to watch them in the cinema. Really? Yeah. So what were the ones you have enjoyed the most? Have you seen Raging Bull in the cinema? I haven't, no, but I know that I would enjoy that more than having watched it. Um, But yeah, Cool Runnings, um, The Fighter, The Wrestler, even ones like... Is there actually much fighting in The Fighter? There's a, a fair bit of fighting in it, a little bit. 
Um, is this for the sort of communal spirit you get in a room with other people? I think so. And things like I've seen like Foxcatcher at the cinema, mm. and I think it's just it's more that that when you're watching the sporting moments in it because you're watching in a collective audience, the kind of feeling is that you're there in the crowd with a crowd watching it. And because there is kind of like the triumphant moment at the end that you do occasionally get like, I think- The sports cheer. Yeah. And I kind of almost wanted to like, at the end of the (laughs) fighter, like jump up and go, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, sort of 2006, thing. Rocky Balboa was one of the greatest cinema experiences of my life. That was it's just, you know, a whole cinema full of like-minded people chanting Rocky. Like, really? that oh, final fight was yeah. just we were a part of the film. Uh, what's your small screen score, then? So I'm going to give it a three because I think now all sports films you have to watch in the cinema. <laughs> to enjoy. Now it's been decreed, it's... guys. Helen from Flix Watcher Podcast has said. I don't know. I th- I, I'm trying to think of ones that I've watched just kind of at home and we had creed on quite early on red bull you haven't watched in the cinema no but we haven't had that on here okay so so we had creed on and um i was not very favorable towards Uh, that but maybe had i've seen it in the cinema i might have had Mm. a little bit more the eagle (laughs) (laughs) i I miss that but i know quite a few people who do rate that film and they quite enjoyed it yeah yeah so has anyone seen a documentary called next goal wins no, I've so, seen Hoop Dreams, the really good basketball. I've, I've, seen, the, I've seen the Edge, the cricket film. So Next Goal Wins is going to be dramatised. Well, it has been. It's been shot in, in the can by Taika Waititi, making a dramatisation of the of the real story. And I urge you, if you can see it, um, to watch it in the cinema, as Helen said. And that was like you mm. say, it was like one of the best cinematic experiences in my life. But like watching sports happen. And like apps, everyone like cheering at certain points in whilst you're watching the the, the games play. Yeah, um, telling the story of like the quote unquote worst international football team in the world, um, and watching them try and get better was really really good watching it in the cinema. Um, but I, I don't see. I really enjoyed watching this at home. Um, so I don't think I lost out on that. But I think I can see what you're saying, Helen. There's like, there is a bit of like and you get a, and the, the book gets pumping and stuff like that. But I don't think this one was that good because I think for me it was more the characters. Although some of the shots in the game were really hard hitting. I, I was like, are they using real footage of people actually landing on their heads? Because yeah, yeah, football is is a bit bleak. with a finger, yeah. a broken finger. <laughs> when he that gets the helmet kicked Ooh. in his face, yeah, yeah, yeah. playing Blood dirty, squirting. the Yeah, um, they were funny. <laughs> Just but the, giant, yeah. Man. But the yeah, because some. Of the, I mean, I don't know how much you know about American football at the moment, but there's a big thing about being about concussion right. and people like the average lifespan of an American football player is like three years because they just get basically fucked up. Oh, playing the NFL, game yeah. for three years. Yeah, just playing the game for three years it's in the NFL. And then the pressure on their knees as well. Oof. Well, no, the main thing is a concussion because they just like literally... At like because at of the t- helmets they can just go full yeah because they just go full tilt and they feel they're invincible and then like three or four years down the years they've got three or four years down the line they've got early onsets uh, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and stuff like that wow what was that Will Smith film that was Concussion so it's based oh, on that yeah. yeah so you see these guys going in, so that's a really really big thing in NFL at the moment is like how do we do we try and make it safer and make it less interesting so I do like this but in this film it didn't seem to hold back in any way shape or form because of people landing on their heads and that looked properly horrible Mm. Um, things like the broken finger, can, you can see, you can yeah. see how that's 
kind of I mean, special I wonder effects. if they just kind of filmed the game. For yeah, like that's what I was thinking. A million different vantage yeah. points because it feels like you're there. It's yeah, and then coupled with a few really nice shots where it's kind of like the balls flicking through the air and there's mm. like these dynamic zooms out and stuff. And there's, I think the choice moments are slow mo, and this is really cool as well. So I would like to. If anyone knows how this was filmed, please let us know. We should have done some research. Well, I know for the series, I mean, it might be the same for the film, is mm. that they do a thing where they they don't block a scene like you would traditionally. They just kind of let the actors do what they want and go around, and the cameramen are instructed to kind of move to what they do and follow them around. So it keeps it very loose, and I think it opens up the acting style for a lot of the more... I mean, this is just kind of, you know, one-on-one dialogue scenes. But what but about the in-game footage? The games, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I can't imagine they're going for a take and cutting and going back to ones or anything and they must just kind of run through a whole bunch and get what they can and then pick out specific moments yeah i'm, I'm guessing so how does it compare to sorry i'm gonna go for 4.5 um <laughs> so we, we have like a semi-phenomenon of of films turning into tv series um billabong thornton's in this and one good example of that now is like the fargo tv series yes absolutely which i think is absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. brilliant um is this a good idea then? You, like expanding the storyline for some of these yeah. films? Yeah, well, there's like the, 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 this concept of a small town has a football team kind of naturally lends itself to a series mm. that you can play it out. Because especially a network show that starts at kind of September, that's school year, you know, so you can play it out almost in real time throughout the year. Um, and so for this kind of story, I think it really it really works. In terms of like films to TV that I think's really worked, definitely Fargo as well. Um, Ash versus Evil Dead. Right. I don't know if you've seen that. Like I, I really enjoy it. it. Captures the kind of the exact zany tone of the films perfectly, and kind of one ups them through a lot. And you've got Bruce Campbell back, and Sam Raimi's around as director on a few and exec producer. Um, Buffy, of course, is the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, That's probably the biggest example, Not many example, people watched yeah. the, the yeah. original, I guess. And then a small one for me is The Mask, the 1994 Jim Carrey film, had an animated series. Ah. As, yeah, as did a lot of, course, of things. Yeah, yeah you had the real Ghostbusters yeah, and yeah. Like uh, even the, the Police Mummy, Academy. Yeah, Godzilla. But yeah. the, the Mask animated series, I, mm. I really remember loving. I had like a whole bunch taped off the TV on like about 10 cassettes. And <laughs> that's just very zany and Looney Tunesy, And uh, that captured the spirit really well. Okay. Uh, engagement score. Matthew. Uh, what is That's this? Matthew again. <laughs> <laughs> is this how engaged you were during? Yeah, during watching it. Um, were you... Were you playing on your phone? Because if you were, then that's less lowering. Yeah, no, no. This is this is very high for me. Um, I'd say I'll go four point five. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, yeah, I was very into everything going on, and and the you know the games are so compellingly shot and cut together. I think the editing in this is a real masterstroke. Like the amount it kind of conveys, it kind of has a very montagey feel for a lot of the genuine scenes. Yeah. But it just feels like you're just picking out choice moments even if it's just a half second shot of people so you can get what you need to know about certain characterizations or certain plot developments i think it's just put together really really well um so for me it had me it had me in its grip emily yeah for me not really no uh you know i was not looking at my phone but a little bit i guess it was as i said it was not a torture i, I watched for the for the our podcast i watched so many films where i'm like this is a torture i can't take it anymore how long is this is this you know every two minutes i will uh, look at my watch it wasn't that but i would give it a one i guess oh shit so yeah. even, even despite of yeah. the worst of the worst of erotic thrillers yeah one or one at 1.5 maybe. No, i'm not trying to force your <laughs> yeah, your hand. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, which one do you want, one or one point five? Let's say one point five. Okay, generous. <laughs> <laughs> Helen, oh, I, I'm going to give it a three. Um, 
it's it's pushing two hours, but you know it does kind of. It's got a long time to tell, hasn't it? It's got a long sort of time to kind of cover in that, um, and I think it generally sort of does. Um, the 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 pacing's reasonably okay, but um, I did do quite a bit of um, looking into sort of the differences and similarities into um, the, the the book and everything. So I wasn't a hundred percent engaged in it, and also I I kind of got into a little bit of a kind of. Billy Bob Thornton, man, he's just had kind of a very up and down career. But I mean, that the thing uh, with Fargo is one of the reasons I, I well, he's just redeemed himself. I don't know what really he's done, but in Fargo, he's awesome. Mm, That's kind of his comeback, wasn't it? Yeah. In the series, think, so, you mean? So or what, um, what, what had Billy Bob Thornton, yeah, in the series? In the series, I haven't uh, seen that one. So, so yeah. what was uh, Billy Bob Thornton up to that's, I know he had like a blood vial around his neck for yeah, a bit. Yeah, so I mean, this, <laughs> I think Jolie. around this time of, films that he'd already done sling blade is that mm. correct and he was kind of around pushing tin i think 2004 of... would have been this and bad santa in the same year yeah. oh okay. bad santa, santa was like yeah. outstanding yeah yeah, okay. but, yeah i'm hard pressed to actually recall before and after that what he's been up to. yeah and i mean until fargo until fargo he kind of does play weirdos quite well doesn't he i think is so i mean in this i don't know whether i didn't think he was quite the right choice for it. Mm. I don't know. I, I just spent a lot of time looking at him going. Oh, hold on. The film with Halle Berry. Oof, Monsters, Monsters Ball. Ball, yeah. Um, oh, and the man That's who wasn't 16. there. Because <laughs> yeah. 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 he was, he was very understated for a coach. Um, I guess maybe he knew how to handle the, the all of the townspeople. Because at one point, he's just, in his, he's just in his office, isn't he? And they all kind of pile in telling him how to play the game. And he doesn't, he just lets them speak rather than trying to say, no, this is my team. I'll do it myself. So he probably knows just to... Mm. Let them do their thing, because otherwise, you know, these guys have guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, engagement score three. Three. Um, I'm going to go for four point two here. I really enjoyed it. Um, I was engaged all the way through, um, and I didn't know it was a true story. Um, I think if I hadn't known it was a true story, I probably would have been more like, oh, and then <laughs> um, if it did happen. But I think it's worthwhile. I think once you start it, it, it goes quite quickly and. Things like boobies accident happens mm. very quickly in there, so it does kind of like hook you in. Um, but once, as soon as he said ACL tear, I was like, "You're not coming back, mate." Unless you're really, really stupid, then that's not that's not good for you. Um, so that gives us a score of three point one four three seven five. Right, let's go to Twitter. Uh, please do follow us guys on Twitter we are at FlixWatcherPod and we always uh, put a little tweet out uh, to call out for reviews uh, before we go into the record in this case we said we're reviewing Friday Night Lights with the only Cleo Luna that's Emily and Matt Brothers 2 that's Matt is there so there's one Matt of the Matt Brothers, one out there. <laughs> I hate him. Damn you all. Um, asking them to asking you to give us uh, a five star rating and a short review and retweet and we had an response that's a uh, Liam, yeah. yeah, French. Um, from Liam Dempsey. Um, Matt, do you want to, do you know this guy? Yeah, he's in my corner. <laughs> we, we, we both share a love for this. So yeah, he, he, he was like, I'm going to get in there and back you up. <laughs> so can you read out his, his he uh, said, tweet? He said, just stunning, manages to be cripplingly truthful while also remaining cinematic, powered by a truly gorgeous score and a great ensemble cast with a towering central performance from Billy Bob, a deeply moving peon to the last vestiges of youth. Five stars. Yeah, it's a very eloquent review. It is, and I guess they are holding on. They are just holding on to their youth, and that's the best they're ever going to achieve. Yeah. Which is, I think, that's super, super sad. 
Yeah. Uh, and they're also aware of it, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's not like they're, they're, they're killing themselves. So yeah, super sad. Well, I think that the cruise guy, the, the smart guy was the most like, yeah i'll see you guys later um and another thing because i do like this whole kind of a history of sport thing is that if you are if you do go to sports on a scholarship if you do go to university on a scholarship you're expected to like do all the sports so you might finish with a degree but your degree might tantamount be like nothing so you might not be able to do anything with it so there's that argument whereby you might as well just go to university and or try and force your way through so you can actually have a better degree. So when you are mm. finished after three years, then you'll end up in a better position. Yeah. Um, anyway, if you want to talk to me about the ins and outs of NFL and whether you should do it or not, guys, uh, at FlixWatcherPod on Twitter. Right. Thank you very much, guys. Can you give us a, a quick shout, sign out and tell people where we can find you online? Yeah, so you can find me at Matt Brothers 2 and my podcast Spotlight at Spotlight Pod. Uh, we've recently, well, since Liam, my co-host, was on your show mm-hmm. a couple of years ago now, we've started a strand called Spotlight at the Movies, which is similar in vain to Flixwatcher, where we focus on one movie per episode with the link of it having a connection to someone in the Star Trek universe. You know, somebody big, not just anyone, either someone who's directed one of the movies or is a lead in one of the shows. So we've had some great guests on there. We've had Nick DeSemlin from Empire Mag, Chat Inner Space, and uh, Boyd Hilton from Pilot TV, Chat Showtime. So some really odd picks being on, like mm. some personal picks and with, with quite interesting links. And we've recently done one on Death Wish 3 with Dal and Jeanette from Sun Double Deep. And coming up, is Passenger 57 with Wesley Ooh. Snipes. Yes. So maybe out on the on the streams as we Could as this be. comes out. Yeah. It's coming out very soon, yes. Okay, so I'm at the only Cleo Luna. And if you want to listen to our podcast, uh, you can find us first on Twitter. It's a Fatal Attract pod. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you can find us on uh, iTunes and Spotify, Lip Sync, anywhere, you know, with a good app for podcast. Yeah. Uh, so basically, wherever you listen to this, type in Fatal Attraction. Yeah, fatal attractions with an S. And uh, yeah, and that's it. You type it and you'll find it. Cool. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Bye. 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 Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixwatcherPod on Twitter and we're at Flixwatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood Audio. Tell them Flixwatcher sent you. just heard a stripped media production.